Hello and welcome to By the Glass podcast. This is season two. My name's Chris Komorek. My co-host, as always, Ali Robertson. Welcome, Ali. Hello. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm pumped about season two. I can't it, believe we got through season one already. Isn't it great we got past the first season? Yeah. It's a milestone in itself. Yeah. So coming up this season, we, we're changing a few things around. Uh, notably, if anybody's listened to season one, you'll have recalled the segment Grinding Your Grapes. Mm. The segment now is What's in Your Recycling Bin? Um, so we're going to be putting that to each of our guests. Uh, but uh, this is exciting. I'm, I'm very excited because our guest today has been someone we've been looking to have on the show since we started, probably even before we started. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been described as one of Adelaide's dreamboats. And there's something about going to a pub and seeing this man's face behind the bar, you know you're in good company. You know you're in good hands when mm. uh, he welcomes you into the bar. And, um, well, it's, without further ado, let's welcome him to the episode. It's David Bloomberg's. Welcome, David. Flattery will get you nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on board. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I hope you don't mind the beer that we've just opened for you. It's, um, a, little, uh, it's a little light on the strength-wise, but I, I'm gonna, I'll get there. Yeah, we're not sponsored by Cooper's, but... As many of our listeners know, we love Cooper's Pale, and um, keep it light, fellas. Uh, and you, Ooh, you pour, you that, pour. That, that's not. Is that not funny? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's too soon. Too soon. Uh, you pour a lot of Cooper's Pale at the Exeter, don't you? So that and the Exeter is the pub that you work at. We certainly do, mm. and it certainly is. Tell me about the Exeter. Uh, how, how did you find yourself working there? I found myself there after. I'd, I'd left Adelaide, lived overseas for a couple of years. I'd come back, done a vintage, excuse me, <laughs> and uh, I'd done a vintage at a little winery up in the Barossa. I'd come back to town, I'd uh, moved out of home and gone on the dole. You know, there was tough uh, times for employment in South Australia back then in 2014. Um, I eventually found a job at a pretty average establishment, waiting some tables, um, but that just kept me going. I knew that there was going to be a little opening at the pub, which mm-hmm. I loved I loved drinking at, and knew all the people that worked there, and I was just holding on until that moment came, and eventually it did. And uh, my friends there, my friend there, he, uh, at the time, he was going away to India with his girlfriend, uh, who also worked there at the time, and he told me, the way do you the way you get a job there is you got to go in and you got to harass Kev because he'll he's not gonna he's not interested in anyone really. Mm. Today he's you know he's a self self professed miser. <laughs> uh, eventually I went in there every Thursday morning or something for about four weeks and kept pestering him and eventually he said yeah I might have an hour for you next <laughs> week. <laughs> and uh, yeah the next week I got in there and I've been there ever since. So to me, uh, I mean, I hope people at home listening uh, and people who work at the Exeter don't mind me saying this, but to me, you are synonymous with the Exeter. It's almost like you were you were born to be there. Did you feel that when you were drinking there as well? I've spent a lot of time there and so has everyone. And I'm sure uh, if either of you had ended up there, you'd feel a similar way. I, I, it does feel very... Homey, yeah. How sure. do you go from drinking at a place to to working at it? Because I keep imagine drinking there. you keep drinking there, absolutely. Because I imagine it must be quite an an interesting change 
incendiary going from behind that bar? Do you, does your perspective change on the kind of person you might have been? Yeah, for sure. I think I would have found myself pretty uh, obnoxious and annoying, and I probably would have treated myself pretty rudely if uh, I had been working there while I had been not working there. <laughs> <laughs> so have there been David Bloomberg's down the down the line from after you were working? There are plenty of annoying punters, but I think there, there are plenty. There are plenty of great ones too, and I think uh, it. You know, you do kind of uh, develop a different sort of skin. You can't. You, I learnt pretty quickly that uh, not to just engage everyone in matey conversation. Mm, mm. That will just get you in trouble. <laughs> and there's a lot of people to serve. It's a big pub. There so are you indeed. You can't touch everyone. That's mm. right. Now, for people that haven't been to the Exeter, it's a uh, it's a classic Aussie pub in my eyes. Um, can you describe like the, the smells, the looks, and and the magic that is the Exeter Hotel? Well, this morning it smelt like a humongous dead rat. <laughs> and uh, prior to loading in the ton of firewood that got delivered out out the rear of the Exeter yeah. in the laneway, uh, we did some fossicking around in the wood storage area yeah, yeah. and indeed found a huge dead rat <laughs> and a lot of people aren't familiar with the rats of Rundle Street but they get they, they're the size of uh, medium dogs I suppose <laughs> it's, yeah, it's their tails squirtle. are twice as long it's and twice as flexible though they can do some crazy they're pretty much monkeys <laughs> <laughs> they swing from the beams um, tell me about the Exeter at 11 a.m. in the morning compared to 11 p.m. at night? It's basically the same, but just a little bit cleaner. It's not particularly clean, but uh, if you imagine the floors have been swept, mm. the uh, there's, there might be a slight ting, ting of detergent in the air. And the glasses are all, the glass shelves are all stacked. The kegs are full. The pub's ready to take on another crazy day down the east end of course of course and um when is your favorite time to be at the exeter because i know that as you go through seasons of course that wood fire you talked about loading in the wood earlier the wood fire is such a nice addition to the front bar but then in summer when it's really hot outside you go in you have a really cold schooner of pale it's just one of the most sensational pleasurable things you can do absolutely when's your favorite time to be at the exit oh, there's many there's many definitely those hot days working a day shift getting there in the in the morning and working till six or seven at night knocking off and necking a nice cold schooner nothing beats it mm. but then again in the middle middle of winter a nice early weekday when it's not not too busy and you can sit by the fire and shoot some darts and drink some red that's bloody good too. Now, I'm going to interrupt these questions with a, a little activity called the blind chip tasting. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you might notice in front of you, you have a bowl of crisps or chips. Indeed. And I know that Tasty a, crisps. a lot of chips get eaten and sold at the Exeter. That they do. So I want you to talk me through what's going to happen in your mouth. All right. When you, when you so I'm going to eat one of these crisps. Please eat. Yep. Please tell us what you think it is. I'm going to have one too. Yeah, I might too. That's a good crunch. Mm. I'm pretty sure I know what this is. Pretty sure or are you confident? 
fairly confident that it is uh, Red Rock Deli Sweet Chili Sour Cream. <laughs> oh, oh my wow. god! Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that one is, of my one of my crisps of choice. That is amazing. Those taste buds. They is haven't. It? They have not had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've ever been able to pick something so quickly. Oh my god! I'm very I mean, familiar with this crisp. I particularly chose this because I thought it would be hard to pick because mm. this doesn't taste like sweet chili or sour cream to me. Well, it's it it tastes like sweet chili and sour cream to crisps, <laughs> but that's uh, <laughs> that's just what it tastes like, I suppose. All right, holy dooly! It is one of the uh, ver- Chris Exeter crisp varieties of which you tend to get through a lot of. Mm. Um. So, do you have a first memory of drinking? Uh, yeah, I do. I had a I. I was in school, and I was trying to impress a girl, and I brought a flask of liquor to the uh, to the schoolyard to try to drink it with her at recess time. And liquor, or li- probably more liqueur, <laughs> creamy liqueur of the Irish variety <laughs> that I'd found in the cupboard, uh, and it was sweet and creamy, and it was a good time. And uh, did it work? Uh, it worked for a while. Yeah. How many times did you have to bring it? I ran out of Baileys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your first memory of, of drinking? Yeah, well, I grew up ha- always having, uh, you know, red wine or beer with a bit of lemonade mixed in from Norna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was there was a bit of that, but n- nothing too nothing too intense. I mean, do you think a lot of people know uh, that there are there's there's ghosts at the Exeter? Well. Uh, there, funnily that, enough, uh, the Lord Mayor came in on Friday night asking about ghosts. Really? Indeed. Did he? he indeed. Mr. Hazy, or however you say Cyclone it. Cyclone Hazy, as we Cyclone like to call Hazy. him. Yeah. He rocked in with a couple of other fellas that were, they were on a, they were on a ghost hunt. And, uh, dear Danny Moody had gave they, him a, gave spanned him a few yarns, I reckon. Had yeah. they had a few drinks? They had a, well, they had a, they looked fairly, uh, well behaved. Mm-hmm. So, what do you know about the ghosts at the Exeter? Well, the particular story I'm aware of is the uh, kitchen murder from the '60s, when there were uh, there was some there was an affair going on between some of the men who lived upstairs, and the publican at the time, a lady, was uh, she became privy to this and was aware that it was going on. And in order to keep it uh, on the hush, one of them went and necked her in the kitchen. And uh, (laughs) probably with one of the large butcher's knives that's still sitting there today. Oh, my God. Who knows? Um, And then the the search involved... this This is particularly interesting. I like this little facet of the story. They found the bloke because of the shoe he was wearing and the footprint he left. He was wearing a shoe of which there were only two pairs in Australia. (laughs) Wow. It was an American-made shoe with a very specific footprint. From the footprint, they were able to trace the shoe back to the shoe seller. Oh, my goodness. Get out. And the shoe seller had the details of the the two men who That raises more questions than it does. First of all... I don't think I've ever bought a shoe and exchanged my personal details with the person. Well, I, I, it was probably a different, a uh, custom-made shoe or something. Uh, state of affairs. But in also, the that, 1960s. That's, a, that's a piece of 
That's that's written straight for Midsummer's Murders. Absolutely. I've seen. I think I've seen an episode of where they go. The shoe print is what is, leads us back to the leads, killer. There we go. You know. So what he, happened to him? He must have gone. So he, he might could, be. He could still be alive to this day. I'm not sure. How fascinating. There, there is a, a a newspaper clipping that you can find at the library, of the uh, it would be in the advertiser or the news what uh, the report. Mm. And I have laid eyes on this, but I haven't seen it for a few years. Mm. And it would be interesting to go in and find it again. But the picture is fully gruesome. Wow. It There's no censoring going on at all. It is a bloody body on the kitchen floor. And it's it's black and white, but you it, it doesn't leave much to the imagination. You can see this gruesome sight. So, I mean, this is interesting because it's a murder at a pub and the pub's still going really strong today but it's the it's that supernatural element that we're interested in so that's just the Indeed, murder aspect yeah. what what's happening at the pub that makes people think there's a ghost the there? ghosts are staying away at the moment because of the rats the rats are the rats are, <laughs> the rats are too big not even ghosts are wanting to fr- mess around with that shit maybe they're hiding upstairs in the laundry but at, until the until the rats get dealt with we ain't we ain't seeing any ghosts. The rats are they they're nuclear weapons. <laughs> what actually no, but but has there been any any have you experienced anything? I've you get I feel like I'm pushing late you on at this. night uh when you end up being the only one there and everyone else has gone home and you're having a beer to knock off and it's pretty quiet and then the you know, you're listening to Doctor Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by, you know, the birds or something and the album ends and all of a sudden you're in silence and it starts getting a bit eerie <laughs> and you oh have boy. to go and then uh, <laughs> you start looking around and hearing the, the motors whirring in the cellar, you hear the rats <laughs> Out in there in the beer garden, eating all the cigarette butts that the naughty punters have been smoking in there all night. <laughs> and you just say to yourself, Bumberg, get out of here now. <laughs> get out of here and go home. Go home to your collection of Port Power scarves and cuddle them real close. <laughs> uh, on, a, on a slightly different note, wow, thank you. Um, how important is music at the pub, and you know, and for you, of course, because oh, definitely very important. Uh, Exeter is probably my number one musical employer, as well as you know, uh, employer in terms of uh, taxable income as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's absolutely yeah, paramount. It, you know, it's a pub with no TV, no no. There's no sports going on. There's no poker machines. There's no uh, pub tab. There's mm. no, you know, the kitchen's open a fair bit, which is weird. Yeah, pay attention to that. Come in one day and eat some food. Not enough people know about the delicious tucker I've that we're doing. I've eaten there. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I know both of you have, yeah. What's the signature dish for, for what would you say? Oh, the pies are the best. I had, today I ate a chicken pie. Sensational. Yeah. Mm. yeah, the pies are always great. The schnitzels are always fantastic. Um, everything's made in the, in-house. It's top pub grub. Mm. Mm. Pub grub. It's a really important part of the Aussie pub. And you mentioned a few things in there, the, the pokey machines, the TVs, those kinds of things. How important is 
the Aussie pub in the hospitality industry and, and in that landscape in general. And oh, it's damn, it's damn important, and it's real. Uh, we're real lucky here to still have a few kind of bastions of that vibe. Mm. Uh, what what is, I, is the Exeter one? Yeah, well, it's just a, it's just a, a simple kind of attitude towards what you're doing. There's no no crap going on. You got some rock and roll. You got some beer. You got some food. You got some beautiful surroundings and good people working there and good people drinking there in general. Um, you know, you go interstate and you know in Victoria they've still got plenty. In Tasmania they got plenty. Uh, in but. Uh, I was in Brisbane last year. There's no, you couldn't find a half decent pub to go to, and same as in same as in Perth, everything's everything's turned into everything's too shiny and reflective, and everything's way too posh, and everything's everything's crap. Mm. You just want a good front bar that you can go and sit at and neck some schooners. Yeah, yeah. Now I like sitting at the front bar, uh, but where do you think the best spot is to sit at the Exeter? Well, there's two uh, preferred staff spots, I suppose you'd call them. Um, the we like to liken the shape of the bar to uh, the to a monopoly board with uh, the innermost corner of the saloon bar, which is the other bar that's not the front bar, mm. being the brown buildings, the cheap ones, and. Uh, Right behind, then you have a wall next to that, and on the other side, which is the uh, southernmost corner of the front bar, that is known as Mayfair. And generally, when you knock off, you want to go sit there. That's the spot to be. And if it's not Mayfair, it's the brown buildings or the snake pit on the <laughs> other on the other side. Basically, in a, deep in a corner where you can. Uh, Avoid all the creepy uh, punters that you've been dealing with for the last seven hours. Yeah. Okay, uh, David, it's time for Pop Quiz. Fantastic. Are you familiar with the Pop Quiz uh, format, Dave? You fire away with some questions and I fire back with some answers. That's basically it. If you get one right, you buy us a beer. Right. You get two right, we'll buy you a beer. Yeah. You get three right, we'll uh, not only buy you a beer, we'll add a bag of crisps in there too. Mm. Question number one. Name the last seven Prime Ministers of Australia. Ooh, right. Okay. Doesn't have to be in order. Doesn't Just, have to be in order. If, if you do, Turnbull. all the better. Turnbull, Abbott, Gillard, Rudd, Howard, Keating, Hawke, and uh, that bloody uh, the one after the one the one before Hawke. Uh, the, he's the left wing liberal now these days. Uh, the one who replaced uh, Willem. Whitl- What's his name? Uh, Fraser. Malcolm <laughs> Fraser. Oh yeah, I mean that's number eight. But oh, right, you nailed that. All right, that's correct. Well done. Great. Question number two, Ali. Okay, which of the following is not an Australian invention? Is it the Chico Roll, the Lawn Sprinkler? Is it the Plastic Banknote, Dual Flush Dunny? Or is it the Wine Cask? One of sure. those. That's One of those is not Australian. That's it. Well, the, uh, the cask is the Dual Flush Dunny, I'm unsure of. What were the others? Sorry. Uh, we've got Plastic Money. Plastic Money. Well, um, that was definitely 
we had the first polymer money. Um, and then there's a Chico roll as well. And a Chico roll. Flipping and a lawn out. sprinkler. And a lawn sprinkler. I reckon it's got to be either the lawn sprinkler or the dual flush dunny. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with the... Jewel Flash Dunny. Unfortunately, it is the Lawn Sprinkler. Ooh, it was a, that was a 50-50. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was pretty close. But uh, look, we, there's one more question for you. Great, Indeed. Sam. Great working out the process of elimination is yeah, the I'd, best way to do it. I'd like to give you half a point for that. Mm. Question number three. Which song did Fonzie have a number one hit with for seven weeks in 1986? I'll just have to go with You're the Voice. Oh yeah, that's, that's a, correct, and that's that's a hit. And what a song! What a song! We're not going to sit in silence. We're going to sit here and do a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so uh, two point five out of three. Uh, we'll we'll give you a beer, and maybe a chip or two. You guys are way too generous. And for our listeners at home, we do like to have a, another segment. Yeah. Um, just because there's not enough always. Uh, what's in your recycling bin at the moment, Dave? Funny you ask me that. Last night I got home. I went to the football, went to the Wheat Chief, and then uh, went home and cooked up a late-night bowl of pasta with what I had lying around, which was a nice bit of passata, and uh, some legumes, canned legumes. So in particular, these ones were the fagioli bianca di Spagna, or big white beans of Spain, <laughs> uh, that... Uh, that came in a tin, and they were delicious. And what about beverage-wise? Beverage-wise, there'd just be a whole lot of Southwark Stout and sparkling ale, I reckon. Well, you're uh, one of the most genuine uh, bar keeps that I've ever met, and how you've gathered all of this culture, I have no idea. So I'd just like to say thank you for being a guest on By the Glass. It's been a pleasure. You flatter me again. And what a guest to have for episode one of season two of By the Glass. I'm sure we could have had Dave stick around for a lot longer. If you do want to catch up on any other podcast, visit our SoundCloud site or subscribe on iTunes. Just simply search By The Glass. You can subscribe. It will go straight to your phone, and that's the best way to stay in touch with us. And if you've never been to the Exeter Hotel in Adelaide, you've got to go there or check it out online. And if you want to hear some of Dave Bloomberg's new album, it's, it's called Gertrude. It'll be out soon, and it's like an, a rock opera, and it's called David Bloomberg and the Marabee Band. So uh, keep an eye out. Make sure you tune in to episode two. It's coming out very soon. And if you liked what you hear today, don't forget to tell your bartender.